0: Welcome to the marvel cinematic university podcast i'm your host anthony canton the third on this abbreviated episode a little something extra as loki season two of the trailer has debuted so we wanted to talk about it at least get into that i get into this really honestly this is the chief series in in, in the mcu and a lot of people are excited for it i'm with the super producer jake christie jake how are you I'm doing well, happy to
1: uh, join you, and just want to make sure if you're listening to this in the podcast, there is a video version where I will have cut in clips of what we're referring to, uh, because you can do that in video, you can't do
0: it in audio. Yes, I I, I see Jake is uh, rocking a, a Mets hat. Um, New York baseball, not so great right now.
1: No, uh, I don't want to talk about it, but you know, I just want to say <laughs> that uh, I've been here before, Um, and, uh, yeah, if you, if the Mets think that their you know, moves at the trade deadline can break me, I've already been
0: broken. They broke me a decade ago. You know what won't break you? Patreon.com slash MC University pod, where you can get our bonus content. We have a subscriber mailbag that we normally do. This is a new month. So you'll get a new version of that. The fast series. We will be continuing that. You can also get into our discord for just $3 and also have an opportunity once you're in the patreon to have a shot at being on a mailbag with us at some point so those are all good reasons to support nonetheless but hey loki season two okay so there's a lot to kind of dive into here the first thing i will say is visually this trailer was excellent i Mm -hmm. was very excited I was very enthralled at everything that i saw jake how did you feel
1: yeah it looked great it had a very clear sense of style and obviously i was a little bit worried given that kate heron was not returning as director and you always are afraid whenever a director gets replaced that the, the visual flair will be gone and it feels like they kind of even if anything like upped it where it feels very much like i, I think the thing that i talked a lot about when we we're actually doing the original podcast was how much i loved the way the shots of the tva were framed that they were they're in like i saw someone joke about this that they they look like the fake ai wes anderson trailers where they're all shot very like center of the frame yada yada and but i think that that is like I, I like the way that that is done because then of course it makes the cool sci-fi stuff even cooler um and yeah it just looked visually interesting in a way that um and didn't look cheap in the way that some shows that we're not talking about that just ended might have looked a little cheap.
0: Yes, I think the thing that sticks out to me the most is it does feel like they are building upon what season one was, as opposed to just continuing on the same path. Story-wise, just the feel of it feels different, and I like that. I like the idea of Loki coming off of this this huge issue that he was dealing with with he who remains and the timeline and the multiverse everything being splintered and now we have this time slipping thing which i guess we'll get more info on that when the series starts but i think the fact that we were able to get an idea of seeing him in the same room with another version of himself kind of gives credence to the end of season one where he meets a Mobius in a, in a Hunter B-15 that he, that they haven't met. They haven't met at that point. So that fascinates me as well. So I it's story-wise, it fascinates me a lot. What, what sticks out to you in terms of what you see story-wise and what this could look like?
1: I think that what excited me is that there's a lot of different locations and places and times because i think that one of the under discussed things in hindsight about Loki, which made it so fun beyond like the big story elements was that it had a little bit of a doctor who type thing where it's like let's watch our heroes go to a different time and place and so that's really exciting you know you see them at the old west uh show like we did at the in the post credits of quantum mania but then you also see sylvie looking at what looks like an 80s mcdonald's you know like <laughs> and i think that that's a very fun aspect of the show that you can um they feel like time uh, time travel in the MCU has been used exclusively in, like, other pro- properties to interact with previous events you've already seen. And it's fun to see it used for, like, the conventional. or, like, wouldn't it be cool if we could go back to the Old West? Like, I like, I I mean, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, so I do like juxtaposing hot, big sci-fi with past stuff in the past. And so that's something that was really exciting to see that they're continuing on, that they're not, they're not going so far up their own ass about making it about the TVA that they forget what makes the show fun.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Sylvie because I do think her character arc is very interesting considering her making the choice that, I mean, arguably one of the biggest choices in the history of the MCU, kind of splintering the multiverse and turning everything upside down. We see, it, it seems to me that at least for the time being, she's kind of hiding out. So that that, seeing where her character goes and of course, the eventual reunion with her and Loki excites me because... I want to see these two crazy kids working out, Jake.
1: I mean, I'm glad you finally came over to my side. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the ethics of a love story between two versions of the same character. iffy? of course it is. But, I mean, I think that that's the thing that there's t- so many multiverse stories these days. And people are saying, you know, oh, my God, I'm so tired of the multiverse, yada, yada, yada. That spices it up a little bit. Let's, let's not lie. That's something that they don't cover in across the Spider-Verse or in everything everywhere all at Mm. once. They don't cover falling in love with a different version of yourself.
0: Yes. I I mean, with, with Sylvie and with Loki, both of them are in such different places because we have Loki in a spot that he's never been in before, trying to do good, getting rebuffed, and now continuing to try and do good, which I think is a very cool arc for him. And then Sylvie trying to figure her stuff out and this decision that she made that kind of messed everything up, I I love that they're on opposite ends of the spectrum and then bringing all of those issues together to, and this is like without getting into everything else, these two central figures really makes for something compelling, like beyond the visuals. I think one of the things that, Um, I mentioned in the the season one open of Loki was the level of introspection that Loki went through as a character. And the fact that we get this double, twofold with these two, really makes me excited because I I think the writer's room seems to get it and seems to have a good idea of where they want to take this. And I love concrete stories that feel like they know where they're going, they know what they want to do. And all the while... Entertaining us in a way that's really compelling. I, I that part of it, the mm-hmm. Loki Sylvie part of it is so much fun. But so there is the obvious specter of Jonathan Majors uh, kind of lording over the proceedings. Well, we see a variant of him, Victor Timely, basically the same thing that we saw at the end of Quantum Mania. It seems like he figures into this season. Obviously, it's going to be somewhat because we are right back in the middle of the multiverse saga. This is kind of mm-hmm. like where everything started. So there's going to be some of that there. What did you feel? Because we still see the silhouette of his face. Uh, we see all of those things there. And what's actually uh, an interesting story point to me is that Ravona is looking for him. Mm -hmm. clearly that's because that's where we left Ravona at at the end of season one so that actually fascinates me but I admittedly when I saw the trailer I was like damn this is really good I love the visuals I love everything that's going on with this I'm very excited for this but there's this one little thing right in the middle of all of this how did you feel?
1: Yeah I was kind of surprised they gave him like a full on shot where you see him in full like I thought they were going to try to edit around him um yeah, I was, you know, I don't want to say I was disappointed in that because I know that he's in it, and I know a lot of people, and I know I've said this before, and I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but, like, there was no way they could recast him for this. That I yes. think that people don't realize that, like, because what that would require to recast him would be, in order to make it look not horrible, they would need to bring every single actor back, rebuild every single set. It, you, they basically would have to double the production budget, and also make sure that everyone had the schedules open. And so, like, I think that people really overestimate how easy it is to recast things, because because Ridley Scott did it the one time, but people don't realize that the character he was recasting only is in one location to interact with two characters. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, so I there was no way they were going to do that, and so I don't think that there was really a there was they are a kind of in a no-win situation of how they advertise it, because if he is a major part of it and they advertise it that as if he's not, then like they're hiding it, and I don't think that that's great either. I mean, yeah, I just. I only feel so much about what they're doing now until I know if it the rule isn't going to end up recast after this. Like that's the decision I actually care about. Um, yeah, I'm for sure. not happy he's still in it, um, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, like it's kind of a they are between a rock and a hard place. I, I don't envy the decision of how to
0: edit the season. Truthfully, there's yeah, I, and I and I've been saying this too. There was there's nothing that. They've tried. They have tried and everything else. Quantumania took him out of the, the marketing for the um, they delayed the assembled for for Quantumania. Mm-hmm. They've done everything they could to kind of just take him virtually out of most things. This was one of those instances where it's it's uh, it's unavoidable, mainly for the reasons that Jake mentioned, but also the fact that this is the person that you built the whole thing around and you put mm-hmm. him in the show. Because obviously that's the that's the the centerpiece of what everything is going to be. The that decision making. I still feel like there is more to that story, and we may even see it in the series. But we will get to that in due time. Um, it's kind of cool to see uh, Ki Hui, Ki Hui Kwan um, at the beginning yes. of of this uh, of this trailer. Uh, he's a TV, It seems like he's a TVA worker. Ob. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he seems to know a lot about time slipping, but realizing that there's not much that he could do about it either. So that was just a fun little start to it. Uh, what did yeah. you think of seeing him in this? I
1: mean, I love him. Obviously, I was, you know, championing everything at once very early. Uh, I'm I'm just saying that to pat myself on the back. Um, but and I'm excited that they gave him, you know, what seems like a very fun role. Um, he's one of the best actors alive at being excited about stuff. Um, like he just has an infectious excitement when you hear him like talk about time slipping, you're like, yeah, this is going to be fun. Um, and yeah, I'm, I, he seems like the, one of the big new characters. Uh, and so I'm excited to see how it turns out. Cause I do like, I like all the TVA stuff. Cause it's, I'm a big fan of whenever sci-fi has dumb arcane rules. And if the TVA feels like kind of almost a parody of that, like going over purposely making things super rule based when it's like uh, talking about crazy sci-fi concepts.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, the, the other thing about this story that is interesting, too, is because thinking back to the end of season one, we left Hunter B-15. She found a teacher version of Ravona Renslayer. And where is Hunter B-15? Now, this is the the other stuff that seems like this show is going to get really trippy. You have a Loki slipping back and forth between all different types of times and places, seeing himself in different versions. And it seems like we're going to get other versions of these characters as well. I think that is something that seems like they are pushing the boundaries in the way that it feels like they haven't. Marvel, I'm saying... In other projects so that excites me too is that they're going to go full on with the whole time travel thing and the multiverse thing and really get into what this all means in a way that is going to be i mean it's going to be incredibly fun to watch i can't tell you how much that trailer really got me excited for the show there are story elements of the show that i was already excited for already but it just does feel like they have a good head on their shoulders and know where they want to take
1: it. And the big thing that got me into it, because I think that mm-hmm. I would say, and this might not be true, I would say, yeah, no, I think this is unequivocally true. The three like most iconic Pavlovian bits of like score in the MCU are the original Avengers theme, the Black Panther, like Louis Gordon's, in, and then the Natalie Holt score for Loki. I think it's just yes. like, like, that is... It just got me so and when I realized she was back in and I'm like, hell yeah. Like, and I think that that is what that, that just, I think is a testament to what Loki was so successful at building because it had its own look, its own sound, its own, like, it really felt of, it, it felt very, um, very, it, it felt like it stood on its own terms, despite the fact that going into it, I don't think we were excited about it. Cause we we're like, no. this doesn't feel original at all, but it turned out it might've had some other than WandaVision had the most original ideas of any show.
0: Yes, yes, for sure. So we're getting Loki October sixth. Um, about we're about eight weeks out, eight to nine weeks out, and in the meantime, we'll find other things to do. And our next episode will will be about Star Wars. We'll we'll get to that when we get to it. But Jake, before we go, you um, came up with a great idea for next week. Thank you. Thank as you. we will, are, we will be doing a a re-ranking or just our official ranking of all of the MCU movies. Tell, tell the people a little bit about that. So basically
1: uh, it's been forever since we've ranked the movies. We used to do that at the end of every episode. uh, Mm -hmm. And then that got tiresome because of so many movies. Um, (laughs) But what we want to have is like an official fan ranking of the MCU movies. And so, uh, I set up a Google form where there are 32 entry spots, and you rank them from one to 32, and I will average them all out. Uh, the I'll put the link on the screen. I'll put the link in the description of everything. Um, but yeah, please submit. Uh, the more we have, the better the result. We've already gotten like 27 submissions, which is way more than the last time we did this. Um, and so there are some things I'm surprised by. There are some ballots that I am confused by, but... <laughs> I'm going to keep that to myself because you all are because you're doing me a favor by submitting. And so I have nothing but wonderful things to say about you, no matter
0: where you put certain movies. I started watching some of the more recent MCU entries just to kind of confirm Mm -hmm. my feelings on some of these rankings. So I'm I'm actually interested when I go back um, this weekend to kind of finalize that list. Uh, That should be that should be a lot of fun. That should be a fun show. So look forward to that. Everything that I explained earlier about the Patreon, get involved in that. If you feel so free to support the show, we appreciate the support nonetheless. Also, obviously, the the YouTube channel trying to get us to 100 subscribers and then obviously beyond that. And um, like I said earlier uh, on the 100th subscriber, please uh, DM me a screenshot screenshot of when you do that. So then the, the, I do have a prize for you, a prize winner f- a prize winner for that particular thing. So we have a lot of stuff cooking. We're gonna try and go a little bit all over the place, a little out of our out of our comfort zone, which in a lot of ways is our comfort zone because we're because we're used to doing different things over over the next couple of months as we get ready for Loki. But it should be a lot of fun in the meantime. So, Jake Christie, where can we follow you, my friend?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at the Jake Christie. Listen to my other podcast at Love It First Psych, which talks about the USA Network Regional Series Psych.
0: Awesome. And you can follow me on, on Twitter. Yes, it's Twitter. Anthony yeah. Canton underscore three. Follow the YouTube channel, MC University Pod. Uh, MC University uh, Pod also on Twitter. Uh, Instagram all over the place. We're everywhere. We're trying to build this thing out. And of course, Five Star, Apple, Spotify, everywhere where you find your podcast. So for Jay Christie, I'm Anthony Canton on the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.